Welcome back to another episode of the Yappo podcast. Today is a super exciting one because of course the new patch notes dropped yesterday. Uh, they're going live in a couple hours from recording this one. So we'll be talking about all the new stuff, some predictions, of things that I uh, have noticed and how the tribes are going to work, about other concepts like the damage cap, all the good stuff basically that's new and I'm going to give some, some info and things that I've read on Twitter. Uh, we also talk about the old meta issues that were uh, present in the past and we'll see if they were addressed or not and if they will continue happening. Uh, I'm also going to talk a little bit about all changes that I missed uh, in this patch. So this patch note wasn't perfect. There's a lot of new cool stuff, a lot of things to be hopped about, but a lot of things that people are also kind of upset about or sad about um, that I'll have to discuss as well, of course. And then a little bit about the channel. The channel has been doing really well lately and I'm changing up the content. So if you want to stick around for that and see what videos I have in store for the future, I'll talk about that. Uh, also, thank you to everyone listening on Spotify. Again, these episodes you can listen to on Spotify if you don't want the YouTube version, if you don't want the audio, if you're working out, uh, going to the store in a train, whatever. <laughs> Basically, it's everywhere. Anyway, yeah, boat podcast. Maybe a lost episode because the boat died. Rip boat. Uh, I'll still keep calling it the yeah, boat podcast, just as a memoir of the good old memories we have of like double Eliza from a boat. Um, so all the new stuff. What I did is, uh, well, I reviewed the patch notes. So if someone here hasn't seen the patch notes or doesn't know what's new, I made a 30-minute video talking about everything and giving my two cents on it. So uh, after that, I went live on Twitch and I Terry crafted or I had like paint open and I just took everything that was new everything that was removed started thinking about how every tribe plays now what the meta might look like uh, talking with people in chat and discussing what is new I also read a lot on Twitter checked other streams so this is kind of a comprehensive guide if you will about what is new how I think uh, how I think things are evolving and what to expect so I'm gonna pull up real quick um all the um, files that I made, because I made a picture of every tribe, everything that was removed, added the wind conditions and a small summary. If you want to see all of those, I put them on Twitter, so I suggest you, f you check out the Twitter or Discord, I put them in Discord as well. Uh, links, of course, are in the description if you're not yet part of, of those uh, communities. But yeah, if you want to see the pictures there, you can see what I thought about them. Uh, but in short, let me, let me see. We're going to start off with beasts, if I can find them. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I can't. I put them on my desktop, but I put them in a different folder now. Uh, essentially, for beasts, uh, it is really interesting because uh, Goldrin is still a thing. Mama Bear is still a thing, but it got like an added win condition. Mama Bear basically got better. Uh, like the Mama Bear comp has uh, improved, which is interesting because uh, Mama Bear was already strong. Uh, I think previous meta people already played Mama Bear over Goldrin most of the time because it's you can find it really early. You can put a lot of stats on the board. But one thing that was missing um, with Mama Bear is that, well, it doesn't scale as well as other tribes. Yeah, th that have scaling because Mama Bear caps out at a certain point. It's not that reliable if it gets... Um, if it gets sniped by a bomb, by a zap, by whatever. Uh, but, okay, I found it. I found the pictures finally. <laughs> Sorry for looking so long. Um, there's only five bees being removed and they're kind of bad. They're like tempo stuff in the early game, like pack leader stuff. We don't really care that much about it. A pack leader was nice if you find like red pack, infested wolf. Kali Grandmother was removed. Nobody cared about that card. It was my most hated card in the entire game. It's good to finally see it gone and being replaced by a better version, which is sewer rat. Uh, and Leapfrogger. Leapfrogger is really interesting. I think we're going to see a lot of early Leapfrogger beast 
compositions because it just seems rather strong uh, it seems like a good combo um, and then you know uh, Furman Sensei was removed so with Menagerie or with Bren it's going to be a little bit hard to scale up a Hydra which is interesting uh, I guess there's different ways to scale up Hydra now uh, because Bird Buddy Avenge is crazy for those of you who don't know Avenge it's a new keyword that I'll talk about a little bit later as well uh, but whenever Avenge triggers uh, it, it can trigger multiple times a turn. So if it's Avenge 1, that means one thing needs to die for Avenge to trigger. If Avenge 3 is on the card, then three things need to die and Avenge triggers. And it can trigger multiple times a turn. And it's it's really strong because I thought it would only trigger once a turn. That's how strong I thought it would be. A lot of people thought it would trigger once because the events, Avenge secret that Agazamzorak had also triggers once. So it, it, the fact that it triggers multiple times blows away my expectations and the expectations of a lot of other people. So Bird Buddy Avenge 1 gives you a beast plus 1 plus 1. So if you have a red pack that's like a 5-5, five five, it pops a bunch of 1-1s. One then it gets plus 1 plus 1 to all beasts. Then you hit a 1-1 one one rat, your other rats become plus 2 plus 2. Oh yeah, they were plus 2 plus 2 already. They become a 3-3. Tree tree. Another rat dies, the other remaining rats become 4-4s. Four if Bird Buddy doesn't get sniped. The stats this can produce early game are insane if you have some beasts on the board. Uh, but with Infested Wolf and Grandmother gone, uh, there's less beasts, of course. There is Sewer Rat and Leapfrogger instead. Uh, but you really want a Rat pack as well. Um, and the Reborn is also very interesting. You can now give Beasts Reborn with the Tier 4 unit. Again, I'm not going to go over every unit in depth for that. I would suggest you check out the patch notes or the video um, or the notes that I provided. Um, but yeah, Reborn on Beasts is, is pretty cool. With like your Mount Bear cannot get sniped, you can Reborn a Maxna, you can Reborn Goldrin or Macaw. I don't know, man. This is very interesting. Same with uh, Pale Scale Crocolisk, which is um, the thing that's going to make mid-game beasts even stronger and Mama Bear beasts. So the notes that I said with beasts is, well, you still have the Goldrin comp. Nothing changed there. We got the Macaw, Goldrin, Daffodilus beast. We don't have uh, Ironhide anymore, Dire Horns. So one Daffodilus beast gone, but I think it's still playable. Um, but the Mom Bear comp got better stuff. There's a lot of better Death Rattle Beasts now in the game. Uh, we can reborn shit. Uh, this, the Crocolisk is just nuts. Avenge 2 and Death Rattle give plus 6 plus 6 to Beasts. So if you have a bunch of Death Rattle Beasts, they're just gonna keep on buffing each other. It's kind of insane. Um, so Mom Bear comp is gonna be a lot better. Beasts will have a better uh, earlier tempo scalability, I should say. So Beasts got buffed. They got strong. I think you'll see some of them in your lobbies very early on. Um, and then the next up tribe is uh, Demons. Demons got, I think, the biggest rework because they got the most units removed and added. But I think uh, I might be alone here. I think Beasts still needed more. Uh, I mean, Demons, my bad. Uh, demons need more, but I've seen a lot of people say on Twitter and on other places that Demons will be good. I don't see it. Maybe I'm blind, but basically they got rid of a Hex Rune, which was a great beast if you power... Uh, oh my, I keep saying beast instead of demon, sorry guys, uh, I need more coffee maybe, but basically Hex Rune was a really cool demon that if you power level, you can stabilize, get some big stats on the board. Uh, Malganus is gone, uh, the bad tier 1 demons are gone, like Homunculus and Fiendish, and then useless stuff like Imgang Boss, which no one played, Crystal Weaver, which was more of a tempo play, it also doesn't really make demons work. So none of these really, like made sense in Demon Archetype, except for maybe Malganus, because then you're immune and you can skill up Weavers. Instead, we got some better one-drops, which are just better tempo, I guess, but they don't really add much, except for if you play Jugglers, the 1-1 the Imp that summons two Imps could be good. It also works with Big Fernal, I guess. 
Um, impatient Doomsayer is really cool. It's a Venge tree. It's a tree job that gives you a demon in your hand. So you can generate some demons in the mid game. Uh, maybe get some pairs, get some triples going and find your demon comp. But still, you have to play a 2-6 and three things have to die to generate one demon. Is that worth it? We'll see uh, because demons still aren't that good. Uh, and we have then a Malgarnus on tier 4. It's a little bit of a different Malgarnus. It still makes you immune. Uh, immune <laughs> immune and gives you demons plus tree attack so uh we'll see how strong it is i don't think it'll be as strong as Morganus, uh, but it's a tier earlier it just seems unnecessary uh, unless you're doing weaver stuff still and it seems like they still want you to do weaver stuff because well they did but Morganus is a tier lower they kept weaver they kept big fernal and instead they added more stuff that uh, wants you to cycle demons so they added a tier 5 unit that whenever you play a demon um, you're gonna consume a demon in Bob's shop so take those stats and put them onto I think that guy so uh, basically this way you can scale up more demons by cycling demons if you buy them if you have this 5 drop you have the Wrath Weaver the Big Fernal and then you have a 6 drop that at the end of your turn also consumes demons from the shop to get, uh, or not demons just any units from the shop to gain their stats so you got like a couple more ways to scale now it incentivizes a lot of buying and selling of demons and generating but uh, is that good though? I don't think it compares to what other tribes got. I think this, if you if you made this demon chase previous patch, maybe it was good. But this patch with power creep in most classes, like beast got better, elementals got better, everything got better, max got better. This just doesn't seem enough. Although a lot of people said demons are going to be strong. I don't see it. We'll see who is right or wrong. I might be wrong. Let me know down below in the comments or if you're listening on Spotify. I mean. Uh, just, just make up your mind if you think demons will be fine or not. Uh, again, I'm gonna stream later, so we'll see. I'm gonna test them out. I'm gonna try and play every single tribe and then take some notes while I'm streaming. And in a couple days, I'll be back with another episode of the Yapu podcast uh, talking about all of this because I think this is one of the biggest changes we've had and there's a lot to discuss. Uh, but yeah, when it comes for demons, I guess they got their scaling still. Uh, the Weaver scaling, uh, Soul Juggler is still in, so you can still do Juggler comps, we still got Ring Matron, we still got a Void Lord, uh, Imp Mama, so you can still do uh, a Juggler comp, although, <laughs> Jugglers, I don't need to explain them anymore, they're, they're just not great. Um, next up, we're gonna talk about Max, and Max is... Ah, uh, bullshit. <laughs> I don't know what went through their head, but they buffed Max a lot. They got rid of Micro Machine, no one cares about that. Rover, oh, it's it's a reset, it's a tempo on tier 4, you don't really care about it either. They got rid of Jungbot, no one plays Jungbot. Sensei is the only thing that really hurts, I think. Sensei was a really good hit on tier 3, it helps you scale up uh, really early on. It was a good unit, I like Iron Sensei a lot, especially since it went from tier 4 to tier 3, uh, got buffed some time ago. And they got rid of Sneeds, which is also just a tempo option. But now we got a tier 1 Divine Shield unit, PubBot, which is a big mistake. Uh, again, Divine Shield units on tier 1 are a mistake because of Daryl, because of Katoon, uh, because it shouldn't be this early that you can get a Divine Shield unit. Max have already too many shields, I feel like. And adding another shield into the game, I'm scared because we got Greasebot, and Greasebot is a card I'm most scared about for Max. It's a 3-6 on tier 4, and whenever the Divine Shield is popped, it will give that unit plus 2 plus 1 permanently. So if you have a Deflectobot, if you attack in once, it gets plus 2 plus 1. If the shield gets reset and it attacks again, it gets plus 2 plus 1 again. So Greasebot 
is just gonna explode your board because everything is gonna have the vine shield. This with Pubbolt, Pubbolt is gonna start growing. So I'm just, what, what I'm gonna do uh, uh, very early on is just go to tier 4 and force mechs. I think I'm just gonna play tier 4 mechs, I'm gonna play Deflector bots, gonna play Grease bot, find all the modules and win. Uh, we also got Mechano Tank Avenge 2, so two things need to die on tier 4 and then it deals 6 damage to the highest health minion. It's kind of like jugglers in a mech comp but different. Um, although I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't think we need that. It's nice with the, I guess, the microbots that you can summon, but Rover is gone. Um, with Junkbot, it's kind of like an incentive from Junkbot. With Junkbot, whenever a mech dies, against plus two, plus two. Now two mechs or two things need to die and you deal six damage. I don't know about that. Uh, it could be cool. Again, uh, Avenge, I'm gonna talk about it later, but you could do some cool combos with it. So maybe there's potential there. Holy mackerel, another reason why mechs are busted to me, why I think I'm just gonna force them and win every lobby. It's an 8-4 mech that after a friendly minion loses the vine shield, regains the vine shield. So you just taunt up two mackerels with module, you have your entire board of the vine shields. So they attack into mackerel, they regain shield. Attack into mackerel, you're able to deflect a bot attacks, they regain shields again. And technically it could go infinite if they keep attacking into the, the wrong mackerel, they can keep bouncing a shield in between each other, which is stupid. At some point your mackerels will attack in, but you can really delay those attacks a lot with death rattle units and things like that, because you're mechs after all. So I, dude, and then you have Greasebot to buff up the mackerels every single time. I, I'm telling you, I don't know what went through their mind when designing mechs. They just buffed them, even though they already buffed the flexible earlier, and mechs were in a good spot. They already won lobby, taunt comp is great. The only thing removed for taunt comp is Kiraji, but Kiraji mech taunt comp isn't really a thing. Mikiraji is more of like a mid-game power spike with Voidlord with um, Acolytes of Cartoons just for extra stats. Taunt comp with mechs mainly wants arm and arm is in the game. All they did with arm was uh, nerf it from a 5-4 four four, uh, from a five four to a 4-4 four four, so taking one health off meaning it's a less good tempo option early on without taunts but if you have a couple taunts I'll still take an arm and get the attack high up so mechs are still insane. Uh, and then there's six drop I don't really care too much about, so I'm not gonna cover it. Uh, people said it's a gold rune for mechs. Sure, but mechs don't really need a gold rune, I think. Uh, you don't want to sacrifice a board spot for a gold rune. It is also a reset, though. But we'll see how it goes. Maybe it can fit sometimes if you don't have a, a, a replacement unit for it, so... Could be okay. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, so the main cones for mechs are still the Flectobots, but now I think Holy Mackerel and Greasebot are added additional win cones together with Arm. Like... Stupid, stupid. I'm gonna play Max. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Murlocs, I don't know. I'm sad about the Murloc chains. I know Cora was really happy about these. They were, she said Murlocs are gonna be great and they're a lot of fun to play. They took out only two Murlocs. Tied, tied Color on one, which is the one two that gains plus attack every time you summon a Murloc. Which no one played anyway. So, I mean, the, the removal doesn't really matter that much. Uh, and they removed Toxfin. So. Yes, that's the biggest change. Stocks and gun, you can't just cheese anymore, go, go poison comp, but that's the only thing that made Murlocs viable. The fact that you could poison them early to stabilize and then maybe do something, find selfless heroes. So they got rid of that. Instead, if you want to find poison, you need to find a 5-drop, which is a 2-6 Murloc, and you need Avenge 3, so 3 things need to die before this gets sniped, and then you give a random Murloc poison permanently. So that's a big, <laughs> big change that there's only one way now to get uh, poison on Murlocs with that 5-drop and a bit of luck. Uh, so they didn't add a new 1-drop Murloc, so there's only Tide Hunter 
and uh, rock pool hunter instead they added a new two drop and new three drop so they diluted the pool for lookout they make murlers worse because now lookout can't just always hit the seer and the other buffs the gurgle but now we can also hit swolfin and and salt skill honcho which i don't think are great murlocs so actually they cut they nerfed murlocs a lot uh, they said Murlocs were gonna be stronger, but I don't see it. I really don't see it. And they have Seafood Slinger at tier 6 unit, which is a, also like a win more card. Uh, it just makes a Murloc golden, so you, if you find a good Murloc in your shop, you can golden it, I guess. But... <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't know. Murlocs still just need Bran, and you need to hit, uh, you need to get lucky by hitting Lookout into a bunch of uh, buffs. But all of that became harder now. Uh, so I'm scared. I think Murlocs are bad, especially with Max being stronger, especially with other tribes getting so much more scaling. They kind of, yeah, made, made Murlocs worse. I don't see it as a buff, although I could be wrong because Murlocs are a little bit headed into a different direction with um, the Honcho. You could just have a bunch of Honchos, kind of like party elementals, and whenever you play Murlocs, you give plus health to stuff. But it seems like somewhat of a, a party rock scenario where it's like, good for a little bit and then falls off um so and it's only one card i don't know i don't see it so my looks i'm i think i'm never gonna play them <laughs> the only poison now is like maxna spore and yeah the merlock stuff if you get lucky or a amalgadon if you get lucky the big downside is you can't fix amalgadons anymore with just rolling toxfin and finding it off lookout you need to play the five drop and then play it on the board for a fight and then it's gonna poison your amalgadon so it's a little harder to fix it Dragons also got a big change, um, 5 units removed, 5 added, the units removed are pretty useless, like uh, Dragon Spawn Lieutenant, or I don't know how to pronounce it in, in English, but the, the one job that's shit, uh, Wax Rider, uh, Wax Toggle, wait was it, uh, yeah, the, gone, <laughs> it's, a, it's a one two that sometimes grows, it's not great, no one really picked it, Herald is a tempo option on tier 4, gone, and then Steward I'm a little bit sad about, because Steward doesn't have to be for a dragon comp right like you, you could just take a steward and play max or whatever if you have a good shop on eight gold you can just sell steward buff three things and buy three things those were great plays uh, with a trade-off because you have to play a tree tree on the board for a little bit so i like the steward a lot kind of sad to see it go because that takes away some of the fun elements of risk reward that's what i like in battlegrounds high risk high reward like having to take damage or having to take greedy cards that sometimes pay off into a better mid game like this card is a tree tree you might take some damage for it but if you get lucky you have a good shop you can sell it and get a spike in return same with faceless faceless was the same you buy a card that does nothing until you roll something good so you could just never roll something good and die but if you roll something good you have potential of high rolling high risk high reward that's what makes games like these skillful yet they're removing some of that which is uh, a little bit sad to see but we'll see how it transforms because they added more cards that do reward high skill high rewards so um they, they took out some of it to replace them with new cards we'll see hangar dragon also gone which is like a situational card if you have it really early on like with galakrond or you triple into it on turn three uh it, it could snowball a little bit but yeah hangar dragon gone instead they gave us a new one drop valve smuggler is very interesting this is a card that i want to talk about it's after a friendly dragon gains attack give a plus to health now uh this might be really good with well the one drop but also with the promo drake that we got which is at the start of combat give adjacent dragons plus one plus one for each dragon you control so um if you have terragosas which is also i think i'm I'm making this too complex. Let's let's back up a bit. So Terragosa is a dragon on tier 3. 
4-4 that keeps enchantments from combat permanently. So whatever buffs it gets during combat from a spawn, from Ritualist, but Ritualist is gone, or from the promo drake that I just talked about that gives adjacent units buff during combat, uh, it's gonna keep those forever. So I don't know how many combat buffs are in the game right now, but all of them will be permanent for Terragosa. Even if you have a hero power like Alakir or um, Demon Hunter, it'll keep those buffs. So this is uh, interesting to note because if you have Vulp Smuggler, every time it gets a buff, it'll also get plus two health that is permanent. Um, and, uh, and that is gonna be a really good combo, Vulp Smuggler with Terragosa with Prize Promo Drake. Um, also the other 4 drop which is a 3-5 that deals 3 damage whenever a dragon attacks. So uh, a dragon attacks in is going to deal 3 damage kind of juggler like. Uh, it's just good to snipe shields. I don't think 3 additional damage is going to make a massive difference. Especially since you have to play a 3-5 on the board which is not great. But it's really great if you're facing a lot of mechs. Because uh, it will snipe the shield and then attack in. So you can't really uh, be value traded too much I guess. So that's a cool cool card with cool interactions i don't know how good exactly it's gonna be um might be just great tempo who knows and maybe a, a tech card in the late game depending on who you face like it's kind of a ghoul then why not just play ghoul right <laughs> um well smuggler also has cool interactions with i guess razor um with amalgadon whenever that gets buffed it gets plus two hp things like that so also, we don't know if it works with Dancing Daryl, like if you dance on a dragon in the shop, does it get plus 2 HP every time it gets a buff from Daryl, because that would be absolutely broken. Uh, those are questions that remain to be answered, we'll see though. Uh, also, it works with Glyph Guardian, which was not removed, but it's only during combat that um, it, it gets that health buff then, I, I think. So, wind conditions are still Kalag, Nadina, they didn't really add more wind conditions. They did add cool things in the mid game, uh, like Terragosa and Promo Drake, that, also, that might make dragons a bit stronger earlier on. I don't think it's gonna be this main scaling for dragons. I think it's still Kaligos and Nadina that you need to hit if you wanna win a lobby. But this could be good for Menagerie. Like, maybe you just keep the Terragosa in a Menagerie build, you know? It could just only scale from other things. So maybe it's more to help Menagerie a little bit. Although Menagerie did get cards removed as well. They will talk about in a little bit. Um, so that was Dragons. That we have Pirates. Pirates also got a big rework. Five things removed. Five things added. I like the Pirate rework the most. Because uh, it is clear that the archetype stays the same. There's still a lot of gold involved. The golden units. There's a lot of money involved. So the flavor of pirates stayed, and I really like that. Uh, I like that they took out cards like Bloodsail Cannoneer, uh, which is a three attack buff, sadly, uh, and South Sea Captain, which I'm a bit conflicted about because it did help pirates early game a lot. Bagel, which just generates you money, but it got replaced by other things that generate you value, so that's fine. Uh, Goliath, which is just a big spike, got removed. It wasn't really like part of pirates like late game you don't really play goliaths on pirate boards most of the time you rather have like eliza hogger looter stuff uh, and boat got removed so boat but i don't know why they removed boat because they introduced damage caps so damage caps you can only take 15 damage a turn until someone dies so boat is not going to one shot people anymore i feel like boat was fine if you triple into six and you miss you're fine taking a boat to be strong um, but it got removed nonetheless so uh, maybe because they wanted to add a new 6-drop into the game and didn't want to remove Eliza. Uh, they added a new 2-drop, which is pretty useless, <laughs> that I'm not even going to talk about. A 3-drop, which is basically just going to give you a coin if you control some pirates. Uh, so more money generation. Then the 4-drop I'm most excited about. It is whenever a added card is added to your hand, you give another pirate plus 1 plus 1. 
So uh, this incentivizes buying and cycling pirates with salty looter, with hogger, but not just pirates. If you generate coins or blood gems, whatever you generate, you're gonna get stats. So maybe you play quill boars that just get you a bunch of gems and a bunch of shit in hand. Uh, and then just play this baggy brittle bone that uh, gives you plus one plus one. And then one more pirate could be uh, an amalgadon. Then maybe amalgadon gets like plus 10 plus 10 a turn because you generate so many cards in hand. Uh, there's a lot of cool interactions that could happen with this. Also, again, with Captain Hogger, you don't need to go infinite anymore. Just one Hogger could be enough because of the stats this card is going to help you generate onto your other pirates. That way your stats are also more evenly spaced instead of just having like a big salty looter. You still have Arm, which is going to buff cards that you want to buff, but pirates that you cycle. So they made APM pirates better, um, which is fine, I guess. But APM pirates is, has been rumored to like be an issue because... It incentivizes restarting the game, it incentivizes cheating, or I don't know if you want to call this cheating, but you can disconnect to save your time, so that way you have better APM turns. Now APM turns become more important. Also, if you're on mobile, you have a disadvantage, because on mobile you play slower. If you have a slower computer, you're at a disadvantage, so this kind of leans into things that people are annoyed about. I do like that they, I do like APM Pirates personally, so I do like this change to see it being more viable. But I know it's going to bring more issues than solve issues uh, with pirates. They also added Tony Tutusk, which is, I think, the most interesting card here. Uh, it's a 4-6 that Avenge 5, so 5 things need to die, makes a friendly pirate golden permanently. So if you can have this on the board and it survives, then you're going to make a random pirate golden. Let's say you play Scallywag Comp, just throw in this guy, and you're going to make your Eliza golden and both Scallywags in a single turn. So it could lead to cool stuff as well if you play Hogger's comp. Uh, you put this in and you can guarantee this event triggering. You're going to make your golden, uh, your Hogger's golden or your Salty Looters or your Paggies or whatever pirates you have on the board. So this could easily snowball if you can guarantee it going off. Although it is only a 4-6. So it is going to be pretty slow. I like the concept of it. I do like the potential and I think it's going to be interesting to see pirates... Uh, operate now I think they got a lot more extra tools so patches I'm a little bit scared about I think it got worse because of captain being gone and kind of near being gone those are the big early spikes that you wanted to hit with patches of your hero power and the pairs that you wanted to hit because they make you strong make you survive and make you level to hooker um, to hit hoggers and to hit Eliza's you lost all your early tempo pretty much now you have this new tree drop that's it that generates your coin but it's only a 4-4 four, four. and then the only good thing to hit is onto your 4 still which is Peggy uh, and then Tony is onto your 5 and there's no Goliath anymore so one less spike as well so actually patches the early game pirates got a lot worse but mid to late game pirates got a lot better which I don't know how to feel about because that's not really what we wanted but pirates are going to be fun. I still really like this re rework. I think pirates will be viable. The six drop just gives you a random golden unit every two turns. I think that's just RNG. That's just to throw in like some, some fun elements in the game. Some high rolls that you can see on Reddit. Uh, some v YouTube videos that you're going to see with a clickbait title. Nosy Looter gave me what? And then in two turns you get like a golden Eliza from Nosy Looter. Whatever. Uh, so the win conditions for pirates are still Eliza, it's still in the game, so if Scallywag comp is still a thing, you can still go Cudgar, Baron, uh, Scallywag, Eliza, which sucks, it sucks, because you know lobbies are just going to be cheesed by this combo still, um, but uh, I guess it is what it is, right? Hoggers are still in, so you can still do APM stuff with Salty Looters, again, I talked about this, APM got better because of the new cards that we got added, um, 
the only two tusk i think is also a legit win con if you just have random pirates or whatever on the board having a tony two tusk and having a trigger is gonna have you spike a lot and i think could single-handedly help you transition into pirates so i'm gonna add it as a win condition as well i'm not entirely sure how good it's gonna be how reliable it's gonna be but we'll see about that soon right um last but not least i think elementals oh no quillboards are still here as well elementals didn't get much of a change, only two elementals gone, uh, the tier 3 arcane assistant, which was a good elemental buff, but got changed by smogger, which is a 3-3 tree -tree elemental on tier 3 as well, that gives uh, a friendly elemental, so you can target it, stats equal to your seven tier, so it gives you at least plus 3 plus 3 if you're tier 3, which is very often already better than arcane assistant, because you can target it, so you can hit the molten rock or the cyclone, even more important, and if you hit this on tier 4 or 5, it gets even better, right? Uh, and Gar is also gone, Gar the big as elemental taunt, but with the removal of uh, Toxfin, I guess it goes kind of hand in hand, and Gar was just stupid. <laughs> it could get so massive it wins lobbies on its own if people are not playing poison properly. Uh, although it's easy easy to counter, if you find a spore, like, uh, I've seen so many people underestimate or overestimate Gar. Gar is really good at getting really big early on, but if you just play a spore, you're gonna wipe out half their board. Um, but okay. Gar gone and made room for a different 6 drop, which is kind of a guard, but a way worse version. It's a 6-6 six, six neutral, so no tribe uh, taunt after a friendly elemental gains stats, gain plus 1, plus 1. So if you have a friendly elemental just gaining stats, he's gonna get only plus 1, plus 1, this guy. <laughs> it's just a worse version of Gar. Let's, let's end with that. Uh, Dazzling Light spawn, I think, is massive. Elementals got a Nomi on tier 4. Believe it or not, that is an elemental. So this is a 4-5 on tier 4, Avenged 2, only two things need to die, and elementals and Bob Starving get plus 1 plus 1 for the rest of the game. Now, this is gonna be a big issue, because it is literally Nomi, and you don't have to cycle elementals. You, you just need a board, and if things die, and this thing survives, you're just gonna give elementals in your tavern for the rest of the game plus 1 plus 1. Imagine tripling into this on turn 4, like really early on, and guess what? You have uh, Nomi already and you probably win the game from there on, because all the good elementals are in. Wildfire is still in, um, Cyclone is still in, Party Rock is all still in. So Dazzling Light spawns something to be very scared of. I think that is a win condition added to elementals that I don't think they necessarily needed. Uh, they also got another tier 4 unit of 5-4. Uh, that whenever you play an elemental, you refresh goes zero. This is kind of a filler card. Like, it's a 5-4 elemental that sometimes, if you play another elemental, gives you a free refresh. Kind of like refreshing anomaly. That works multiple times, maybe. Doesn't really seem worth, but okay. Uh, we, we got it. <laughs> that's, that, that's the end of that. Uh, so the main conditions are still Nomi and Lil Rag, I would say. Lil Rag genie stuff is still a thing. There's no uh, Gar anymore, but elementals can still snowball pretty well i would say um nomi i think is a bit unnecessary with dazzling light spawns you want to hit those first maybe you could find a nomi later to like cycle still but it seems unnecessary there's so much gold wasted in cycling for nomi if you can just get dazzling light spawns and do nothing and have your taverns be upgraded so we'll see how that evolves but i think um yeah the, the elementals might be really strong as well uh, depending on how good Dazzling Light Spawn is going to be. If it's as strong as I think it is, it's going to be broken. Now, one thing I am thinking about is that it's better now to triple into fours and maybe fives. Tier six got a lot of trash, like um, 
two things got removed and there were a lot of things added to tier 6 but i don't think tier 6 is that great there's no like real win cons on tier tier 6 most of them were tier 4 and 5 so maybe it's fine again to triple into early 4s like imagine if you hit the grease bot for max that gives like divine shield units plus 2 plus 1 or you hit this light spawn uh, like you're gonna be really really strong uh, a lot of fives are also still on, in the game a lot of direction on tier 5 tier 6 got a bit too polluted a little bit too a bit, it's a bit too much basically so i might just be tripling into fours and fives if the patch goes live uh, depending on of course what tribes are in the lobby but so far from what i've seen like for pirates at tier six doesn't really matter as much at tier five is better uh, for dragons you will still want a six for for murlocs like we've got sifu slinger in the pool now which is really bad it's a five five neutral that does nothing most of the time i don't really want that uh, the tier six mag also doesn't matter that much that they added the tier six demon you, only if you play like full demons so yeah, I'll, I'll be tripling into 5s and 4s. Uh, last but not least, Quilbur's got one change. I don't know why, Quilbur's are still really strong, so they changed Thorn Color, which is a 4-3 Battlecry Death Rattle gain a Blood Jam on tier 3, to a tier 3 2-4, whenever a minion loses Divine Shield, gain a Blood Jam. So if you find this early, it is worse, because it only generates you gems if you have multiple Divine Shield units. Uh, but later on, of course, it's it's better than Torn Colors because it should generate you more blood gems than Torn Color would. Uh, although I, <laughs> whatever, right? I can't really say much about this. Cobras will still be relatively the same. Um, now for neutrals, this is very interesting. They removed six, so like I talked about, they removed faceless, uh, so a little bit less high roll potential in tier five and higher up. Uh, they removed Kiraji, so no more like Tempo Acolytes stone builds, uh, which is fine by me. Uh, they've removed Ritualist, I don't really know why, but goodbye Ritualist. Warden of Old, which was a 3-3 death rattle that gains, gives you a, cold on, uh, a, a gold on tier 3, got replaced by the Pirate that gives you a gold if you have at least one other Pirate controlled, so basically just swapping this out, uh, out this neutral for a Pirate that basically has the same effect. Uh, both are got removed because I think it was a Divine Shield unit and there's a little bit too much strong Divine Shield synergy. Like Grazebot with Bolvar would just be super strong, so I think that's why Bolvar got removed. Which is okay, I guess, it's fine. Uh, Metrax got removed, which is the biggest hit, I think, that um, happened because Menagerie was so good because of Metrax being in the game. Hitting an early Metrax if you have a shitty board is, is massive because then suddenly you have like a big unit that starts scaling up with your shit on the board. Uh, so Metrax was... Insanely good, carried a lot of games. A goal of Mitrex could literally win games. Gone. So I'm a little bit scared for Menagerie. We still got Lightfang, Bran, uh, and Amalgadon. So I think Lightfang will still be play. Uh, uh, yeah, Lightfang and Menagerie will still be playable. Just Mitrex being gone, I don't really understand. And I'm, I'm leaning towards Menagerie being less good because all the other tribes got so many buffs. Like, all the other tribes got basically improved except for maybe Murlocs. Uh, so... Yeah, Menagerie just fell off a little bit. We'll see though, I could be completely wrong. Uh, they only added two more neutrals, so they removed six neutrals and added two. We'll see how that like affects the, the minion pool, but uh, they added a really cool one. I think this is an actually super strong one. Um, and it is in every game, because it's a neutral. It's a 1-4 on tier 3, avenge 3, so 3 things need to die. Give adjacent minions plus 2 plus 1 permanently. This could trigger once or twice a turn, maybe three times if you have a, like a a token heavy board that gives you plus four plus two total then two adjacent units so if you have double deflectable put this in and it's gonna keep buffing those as well um it's a one for it's a really bad stats but if it already buffs once it already made up for that because it gets plus four plus two so it's gonna be a five six total in stats 
meaning that this guy, if you pick it and triggers once, it already is better than most tier 3 units, and it keeps on scaling. It's kind of like an Arvid Sensei on steroids, so uh, they removed Iron Sensei and put a better one in the game that's neutral, they can buff whatever. Yeah, uh, strong card, I'll take it most of the time when I see it, I guess. <laughs> then we have another tier 4 unit, which is a 3-5 Avenged Tree, so again, you gotta kill three things. It just adds a random battle card unit to your hand, so I mean, this whatever. Uh, it's like a little bit of value generation, if it lives, you can get like a, a battle card unit. Uh, yeah, whatever, right? <laughs> it's a 3-5 neutral, it doesn't scale. You're just gonna play this for a little bit, but it never really fits into a comp. Um, so, when you got those, that's about it. Final conclusion, so I wrote down what I think about the meta. Monbear Beast comps are gonna be great. Demons will, will be great. Uh, all of this I actually already talked about pretty in-depth. So, one thing that I need to mention is that there's still the same high roll with tokens and Shadowwalk and Gendis. Um, so, those will still win lobbies, yeah. Those will still win most of your lobbies. That didn't change whatsoever. So that's it. That's all the new tribes. That is um, what I think uh, the game is going to look like after the patch. Uh, we'll see about that. Maybe you're watching this or listening to this after the patch was revealed and the meta is still shaping up. Again, I'll uh, follow up on this video or on this podcast episode not too long from now if I have more information. Now, Avenge, I want to talk about quickly. So this new keyword, whenever units die, uh, something triggers. It's a cool concept. I just don't know why it can trigger multiple times because this is gonna lead to everyone playing Acolyte of Katoon, the Reborn Taunt on tier 1, everyone playing Scallywag, everyone playing uh, cards that, well, are easily gonna trigger it because the effects are so strong. So many of these Avenge cards are so stupid strong, like the Elemental, the Beast guy, like it's all so good that I think people will set up boards for that and even with like scallywag stuff, you could trigger Avenge like maybe 10 times a turn. It's it's kind of crazy what combos are potentially possible. So I'm scared for Avenge, uh, the fact that you can trigger multiple times. And I think you're going to see a lot of boards that play Acolytes for that specific reason or other cards that like Menaces and cards that summon are going to be great. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say here. That's why Dragons might not be good because they don't have any Death or Summon stuff. They just have big stats. So Avenge doesn't really trigger that well. Um, also, the new heroes real quickly. Uh, Nuyen, I think that's how I should pronounce it. Nuyen. So it's a very popular uh, Vietnamese name, apparently. I've seen it a lot. I never knew how to pronounce it, but thank you all who pointed it out in the latest video how to pronounce it because I did a terrible job. Um, gets you a new hero power or gets to choose from two new hero powers every turn. It was confirmed that useless hero powers are not in the pool. So hero powers like um, Galewing or... You know, hero powers that just like don't really work with this hero are not in a pool meaning it's going to be pretty consistent in getting you good hero powers it's going to give you stuff that is just going to be useful throughout the entire game sometimes you get a george sometimes you get a reno a zephyrus like yeah i think this hero is good uh for that reason alone that it's so flexible and you can just harrow um in multiple ways then we have like wait maybe you hit an omu hero power right as you want to level uh, then we have Kareel, uh, which is the hero that is just the worst guff. <laughs> it gives you plus one, plus one uh, on tier one and two. It gives you plus three, plus three, so plus two, plus one, plus one on three different units once you're tier three and up. Once you're tier five, you get plus five, plus five total, so plus one, plus one on five units for one gold. Yeah, just the worst guff. <laughs> or, or like, some somewhat of a guff. I don't really like the design on this, it seems kind of like the same as a lot of other heroes, but just a worse version. So this hero just doesn't seem great. 
Um, the damage cap real quick as well, so you can only take 15 damage up until one person in the lobby dies, meaning that um, you're not going to be like taking 25 damage on turn 6 if you face Shadow Rock again, you're only going to take 15. But what this means is that if you're at 16 HP, you can take risks like crazy. Like if you're at 20 HP, you know you're not going to die. So even if you face a high roller, you can be like, I have another turn. I'm going to play greedy. You can level. So I think that's going to change the dynamic of the game a lot. You still don't really want to take early damage because that's never going to be over 15. But as soon as you know you're at the edge of dying, but you can't die or you're facing a strong opponent, it doesn't matter. It's like you have Ice Block with Akazamzarak. So this is going to change the dynamic a lot. The lobbies are going to be kind of weird, I think. Uh, people power leveling in weird spots. Uh, you kind of want to phase the high roller so they deal 15. Uh, so you can't phase them anymore later on uh, or for two turns. It, yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting to think about. And I think it's going to mess with uh, the mind games as well. It's going to mess with how lobbies are played out. And I think you're going to see some greed. Uh, you're going to see especially a lot of greed with... Um, all the new stuff on tier 5 and, and tier 4 and things seemingly scaling a little bit slower higher up um, so that's gonna be interesting to notice i can't really tell how how tempo is or how greedy the meta is gonna be of course things like that evolve over time usually meta start off very tempo-ish so whenever a patch drops or a massive update like this people usually play a lot for tempo because people are experimenting people are trying out new things playing suboptimal and then people with strong early game comps are just gonna crush you that's very often how it happens, like how it works. Whenever a new tribe is introduced, people play strong early stuff like Max. Like when Quilbos was released, people are pl playing Max and Taunt comp, I think, to just kill the people trying out Quilbos, and the high roll Quilbos still won the lobbies. Uh, yeah, and then usually things go greedier. So we'll see how this goes. But I think this might be the very first instant meta where people are, are gonna play greedy from the get go because of all these new systems in place. Um, that is about it that I had to mention about the new stuff. So this was 40 minutes of me talking about new things. I think that's the longest so far. So that tells you how, like the proportions of this update, how much new things there are, how massive this is for Battlegrounds. This is a very exciting time to be alive. Now, let's talk about issues. <laughs> because yeah, we can talk about how fun and exciting new stuff is. But we should also talk about things that are still issues in the game that are not addressed. Like there's zero bug fixes. The patch notes have zero bug fixes in them. Uh, if you if this is the first time you listen to a podcast episode, then well, uh, every single episode almost or every single update video, I always talk about bugs that have been in the game for over half a year, maybe even close to a year now. They are not being fixed. Massive friendless bugs. Massive like they, these are not just small like things that don't really matter. These are things that literally sometimes are game breaking. Like you can't duel with friends anymore. I know Slissa tweeted this morning about it taking 40 minutes to be invited for a game and she competes at high level esports, uh, which like that's kind of surreal, right? That they have to go through those lengths even at, at like professional play. Um, there's a lot of other things like disconnect issues. There is a lot of visual bugs. So. Maybe they're addressed and they just forgot to put in the patch notes. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, another thing is just non-games. Non-games uh, are games that basically aren't games. Basically a Shadow Walk with two tokens on turn 1 and turn 2 are non-games. Uh, Janice with a token on turn 1 is a non-game. This means that these people are going to get multiple triples on turn 6 or something into 5 and 6 drops. And if you face them, you're going to lose, you're going to die. So the entire lobby is just revolving around, can I dodge the high roller? There have been a lot of lobbies where people just 
I, I've watched Lissa simulators, I've watched Pokey, like a lot of, of streamers just being in the lobby with a crazy high roller, myself included as well, like you, you see Shadowhawk dealing 30 damage to everyone from turn 6 on, and that just becomes a game of who can dodge Shadowhawk the longest, if you can, you'll get second place. These are games that you have no interaction, you have no counterplay, you just need to avoid someone. Uh, to not take top 8. This happens at, at least in higher level play. I don't know what it's like in lower lobbies. Um, because it wasn't addressed. Shadowwalk is still in the game. Genesis is in the game for... How long is Genesis in the game? I don't know. Since it was released, what is that, like a year ago? Um, tokens are in the game. People want the tokens reworked because tokens lead to a lot of the issues. Tokens are the reason that Shadowwalk is so strong, that Genesis is so strong, that Hooktusk is strong. Um, so tokens enable all of this high roll potential because of the multiple triples. So none of this being addressed is just a clear signal uh, after this this long of a while that they don't care about the high level play. It's clear to me that they care about the majority of people, the casuals, the 75% of player base that have fun with these heroes. They look at the win rates, maybe the pick rates, and they see that these heroes in, in like 5k lobbies aren't an issue that they have low win rates maybe, that they have high pick rate because they're fun to play, who knows. But that doesn't mean that it's not like... The top 1% suffers every single day, every single lobby from these heroes. We've Like everyone on Twitter has been crying out to get these changed. I made multiple videos on it, a lot of people talk about it. It's not like the issue is being ignored. But it seems like that, uh, like people uh, yesterday when the patch notes hit, a lot of people have been giving uh, feedback, have been tagging devs about questions and stuff like that. And whenever tokens or Shadowwalker heroes are brought up, there's no reply. Whenever there's being like talks about why our tokens don't change, why Shadowwalker not change, things like that, there's no reply from any devs. I wonder why we're keeping this topic silent, why we're not keeping this topic silent. Creators and a lot of players are talking about this, are very vocal about this. But the um, people in charge of these changes seem to willingly turn a blind eye to this. And I want to know why. Like, maybe it's it, there's a good reason for that. Maybe there's going to be changes. Maybe um, it is because they cater towards the casuals more than the competitive play. Maybe there's just no competitive future for Battlegrounds. Like, they don't really... Uh, the high ranks don't really matter. And there's no esports in the future anyway. So maybe they're looking at it that way we just want an answer because this is very annoying and you can see how passionate i'm about this because i like this game a lot of people enjoy this game but it's just not fun to play in high lobbies anymore because there's so many non-games where you just don't get to play you get to try and survive anyway that is my big rant uh the, the high rolliness of things that are still gonna be there you'll still see a genesis with two six jobs or two five jobs on turn six anyway Let's move on to, well, uh, I don't know, that, 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 was, that was my rant, so let's move on to the channel, I guess, some updates that I have regarding the content. So you're watching a Yapod episode, um, I'm still going to do some of those, I'll do one, usually I do one like every couple of weeks, I'm going to do one within a week because of the big changes, a lot of things I want to talk about, but I'll also be gone, so from the 8th I'll be gone for two weeks, so you won't see any videos from me or any streams for two weeks, because uh, I kind of need a break from things, I've been... Uh, been pretty busy and I, I haven't actually gone on a vacation for since I started this channel so uh, I want to do that I'm gonna go to Iceland hiking with some friends I'd actually don't know if I have any anyone I know from Iceland so if anyone is listening to this or watching this and you live in Iceland then let me know what places I need to visit that I'd be very very pork champ <laughs> 
Uh, also, I've been having fun with more content, so I used to make a lot of guides. I still make a lot of guides. I will make more guides because they, all the tribes change, so all my, my beast videos and videos on how to play dragons or whatever are not relevant anymore. I'll redo all of those. Uh, but I've also been having fun with like meme videos, compilations, uh, just having creative ideas and, and trying to put them in a video like about the spell lobbies. Uh, my my best video so far that is like blowing up uh, is the uh, Pain and Hearthstone Battlegrounds one that was pretty surprising but you guys enjoy it so I'm gonna make more fun sketches uh, along the guides and along the update videos and the podcast episodes so that is what you can expect I'll experiment a little bit again with challenges I know I did challenges in the past and those were my worst performing videos like me playing the game using only my voice or me playing fire games at the same time but I still want to experiment with it. I feel like it could still have a place here. It could still be fun to mess around with. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, thank you all for watching though. Uh, and for listening. Hope you enjoyed this little recap of everything. That I think of the patch notes. How I think uh, things are going to shape up. The things that I wish were addressed. That I'm a little bit sad about. Um, and about the future of this channel. I kept it very short. Because I don't want to go on too long. This this podcast episode is already 15 minutes. 50 minutes thank you have a good day and goodbye well goodbye is very dramatic <laughs> till the next one